Hello, dear reader. I want to start this with a disclaimer. All the stories that I will read to you are from the No Sleep Reddit page, and all credit goes to the authors of these stories. The author of today's story is user slash Menon underscore Lysette. The first story comes from my mother's cousin, Jean Francis, who worked at one of Quebec's largest hydroelectric dams back in the early 70s. He was hired by Hydro-Quebec as an engineer, and his main job involved patrolling the Manic 5 powerhouse, checking the valves, maintaining the turbines, making necessary repairs, you know, that kind of stuff. He was never alone at the facility. But the workforce was fairly small, so he'd often go hours without seeing anyone else. Before I begin this story, I just want to put things into context. If you already know how hydroelectric dams work, then feel free to skip this explanation. If you don't, here's the too long didn't read version. Build a big old wall on a river, in this case the Manicougan River, to create an artificial lake. Build a powerhouse with turbines nearby downstream. Funnel water towards the top of the powerhouse and use the awesome power of gravity and water to spin the turbines, which in turn generates electricity. Then harness the almighty power of electricity and dump the water back into the river at the bottom of the powerhouse. The cool thing is, if the river has a good enough flow and is long enough, you can build multiple hydroelectric dams on it and keep on juicing that same water for all it's worth. Hence, the name of the powerhouse Jean Francis worked at, Manic 5. Manic for the river, and 5 for the dam number. Well, technically, due to circumstances I'm not going to get into here, Manic 4 was never built. So, Manic 5 is actually the fourth dam on the river, but that's not really important here. Explanation over, on to the story. Manic 5 had only been running for a few months. And that was when Jean Francis was hired, and Hydro-Quebec was having trouble staffing the powerhouse. He figured it was due to the dam's remoteness. It was about three or four hours away from any civilization, with only one lonely road to and from. The distance made it impractical to commute, so the staff would spend the entire week at the facility and just swap out a second crew every other week. On the phone, Jean Francis recounted the first time he drove up to the dam. He described it as a massive concrete behemoth peeking out from above an ocean of trees, like the outer wall of some kind of classic castle, castle that didn't exist. It had a weight to it, a weight that went beyond that of its building blocks and the water it held back. He felt like it was watching him. The wall was the only thing between him and a flood of water that would wash him away forever. A guardian, or a tombstone. The powerhouse was so close. If anything were to bring down the damn wall, he'd have just enough time to know his death was coming, but not enough to run. I guess you could liken it to living under a volcano. He was paranoid that the dam wouldn't hold. He had inspected it every chance he got, searching for fissures and leaks, but he never found anything. Intellectually, he knew that it was built tough and wouldn't break. But he couldn't shake his nerves. 
It was like looking out over a ravine and knowing that only a guardrail between you and certain death was there. How strong is that guardrail? Do you take it at face value that it'll hold? He barely slept his first week there, keeping his ears open for any sign of impending doom, but at first all he heard was the ceaseless drum of water rushing through the turbines. Then, one night, as he was staring into the cold concrete ceiling in his makeshift dormitory, he heard a dripping noise. Any deviation from the norm normally struck a chord with terror within him. It was kinda like bracing to feel the iceberg hit and then hearing a light scraping along the hall. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Already drenched in sweat, Gene Francis got up to investigate. The powerhouse was full of crisscrossing concrete corridors, making the source of the sound difficult to pinpoint. With nothing but a flashlight in his shaky hands, he walked up and down straining his ears, trying to differentiate between echo and source. It was only once he reached the lowest floor that the sound became loud enough for him to confirm that he was headed in the right direction. He swept his flashlight to the left and to the right until he caught something shimmering on the floor. As he approached, he realized it was a puddle coming from under a door. Behind this door was where they'd been planning on installing a security office. Now, if it's not obvious enough, water inside a hydro dam full of electrical equipment? Yeah, it's, it's not a good thing. He scurried to the nearest supply cabinet and slipped into these really thick rubber boots for insulation. He returned to the door and found the puddle had grown. Not a good sign. Unsure of what he'd find inside, he cautiously opened the door, imagining a wave of water rushing to sweep him away. He found the room empty, but for a large puddle of water in the middle of the room. This was a relief, because it meant it was likely just a leaky pipe, and not, you know, a tidal wave of doom. So there he was, in the room, searching for the source. He checked the walls, nothing. He checked the ceiling, but it was smooth as silk. He crouched down and inspected the floor to see whether it was bubbling up through a crack, not he felt a droplet hit the top of his head. Okay, he figured. He'd probably ruled out the ceiling too fast. He backed away and aimed for the flashlight up, squinting to find the source. He heard a few drips, but he couldn't see any movement or water clinging to the surface. He looked back down to the puddle and saw a droplet splashing into it. This is the part of the story where Gene Francis's voice began to falter. I could tell. Even so many years later, it still freaked him out. There was this distinct uncertainty in his voice, as though he was both afraid to say what happened out of honest fear and out of fear of ridicule. Silence hung on the phone for a few moments, and then he continued. He told me that he panned the flashlight back up very slowly, and that's when he saw it. There was a droplet hanging in the middle of the air. It slowly curved inward like a J-like shape, pooled, and then fell into the puddle. Gene Francis swears it was as though it was following the curve of someone's cheek all the way down to their chin. He stood in stunned silence as another droplet emerged out of thin air, somewhere between five and six feet up in the air. Drip, drip, drip. He ran out of there so fast he almost lost one of his boots. He ran back to the dormitory and shook off his colleagues and shook his colleagues awake. Exhausted, confused, and more than a little grumpy, 
he reluctantly followed Francis back down to the not even not back fuck sorry guys back down there not even 10 minutes later the puddle was gone but in its place were wet bare footprints walking all around the room up the walls and on the ceiling finally leaving out the door and disappearing halfway down the hall Gene Francis said he refused to go back to that section of the powerhouse after that night, but he heard others also found puddles leaking out from under the door, and that they ultimately built the security office into another location and converted the previous space into a storage room. Apparently that wasn't even enough though. The room was later sealed off with concrete under the guise that there was some sort of flaw in the foundation, but they say even today that sometimes people find puddles under the now sealed wall. I really hope you guys enjoyed that story. I particularly liked it a lot. That is called the Canadian Paranormal Encounters, Panic at Manic 5. Um, I already told you who it was by, but I'll go ahead and repeat that. It's by Manon Lysette. Um, this is a really cool story. This is on the No Sleep Reddit, which has a ton of amazing stories. And anyways, I'm sorry for that fuck up at the end. I'll try not to do that in the future, but... I hope you guys enjoyed the story, and I really do hope that you're ready when you have your paranormal encounter. Goodbye. <laughs>